Hello there and welcome back to another episode of Amy Talks. Today we are learning about the American child court system as I speak to Deanna Kalustra, someone who has first-hand knowledge of how dads can buy custody of their children. We also discuss her advocacy and her role as a domestic abuse coach. news story for this week is a relatively short one you may have heard in the news that lady gaga's dog walker was unfortunately shot whilst taking her dogs out for a walk he was looking after them while she was on um she was out doing a movie in rome obviously the dogs are, are very precious to her and she takes them on the red carpet and things like that she offered a fifty thousand, sorry five hundred thousand dollar reward for their safe return and i'm happy to say that they have been returned According to Oddie.com, where I get some of my good news stories, the dog walker, doctors say, is expected to recover, so that is great news. So I'm here with Deanna, hello. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, how are you? Good. Good. So for people who may not know who you are or what you do, please, could you explain for those listening? (laughs) Well, I do a lot of things, Um, (laughs) but my passion is um, working with like uh, people who've been through the family court system. And I have all Mm -hmm. kinds of blogs with all different aspects of family court. Interesting. You say that the family court system is corrupt. What evidence do you have to show this? Well, first of all, I've been through it. Mm-hmm. Second of all, you have millions of people who are talking about it being corrupt and dishonest. There's been videos done. The, I think the probably the most popular video is called Divorce Court. Um, mm-hmm. That one became very huge. And, um, you know, people are just talking about how the system's broken, it doesn't work, it's corrupt, and blah, blah, blah. And then I... Um, I was pretty sure something wasn't quite right in my case, and everybody told me to follow the money trail. And mm-hmm. I followed the money trail. And when I did that, I pretty much discovered I, I can't get proof because I can't get into people's accounts. But I'm pretty sure that the guardian man Lightum in my case sold my former spouse custody of uh, my children oh, and wow. concealed my children from me. So the guardian man Lightum in my case is married to the vice president of a bank. Mm hmm. My ex-spouse's divorce attorney's law firm was in the bank. Ah, okay. Yeah. So basically, they just met at the bank, at the back of the bank somewhere, and they made a deal and sold my former self-custody because I was pretty much a stay-at-home mom, so I didn't have any money, but he had a very, he has a very good job. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of things that didn't make sense. So one of the things that doesn't make sense is that I had a personal protection order against my former spouse. And okay. my judge ended up, she's the one who approved, actually, of the personal protection order. And mm-hmm. then years later, turns around and gives him custody. So if there's violence in the case, they're not allowed to have unsupervised visitations, let alone custody. And the guardian ad litem in my case was actually sitting on the friend of the court, like domestic violence board. And she sat on the board with one of the two women who wrote the domestic violence manual. Mm-hmm. In, in our, I don't know if it was our state or if our county or whatever, but she's actually was sitting there with them. But once I started investigating and started looking into things, and I found other crimes as well, I actually had to stop because I was finding, I was putting <laughs> so much together, two and two coming together. So I've, you know, and I've researched a lot of different people. So, and I'm from Michigan, so it's, it's mostly focused in Michigan. So I can tell you off and ran off all kinds of things. 
Um, I have like Google Alerts that are set that I kind of pay attention to. And then I'll be like, wait, aren't they? Wait, now I think they're, you know. So um, I just had one of my friends call me from Michigan from years ago mm-hmm. who had uh, a judge. And I'm like, God, I swear she was on, I read somewhere that she was on the Michigan court, Supreme Court now. And she's like, yeah, I thought that too. And then something happened. And so we don't think she's on the Supreme Court. But for a minute there, we both kind of had thought she was on the Supreme Court. But um, and I was giving her some information that I had learned about her judge as well, which was kind of interesting. It's it's interesting when you start plugging in my brain and I start pulling up all this information that I know. <laughs> it can get a little overwhelming for people. But you have to remember, I've been doing this for 20 years and I've done a lot of research. Yeah, it's definitely definitely. It's definitely very fascinating. I've read some of some of your work, and um, sadly, some of the instances of family court taking people's children away and it being corrupt has in, resulted in in suicide and another awful tragedy. Did this shock you when you mm-hmm. first heard about it? Did it shock me? Yeah. Well, so my thing was was I actually seen a pattern of mm. um, you know I knew that parents were committing suicide every once in a while and then I knew that children were I had a, a friend whose child had committed suicide and I had heard about oh. it quite a bit and then I went on I think it was like Facebook and I said um, nobody knows that these kids are committing suicide because of family court and I actually had a teacher in Holland Michigan who messaged me and she said the teachers know the teachers are aware and I thought that was quite interesting. So if you think about it, you know, if you have a kid who's in your class and then, you know, the parents get divorced and the next thing dad gets custody of the kid and you kind of already had a feeling like there was domestic violence in, in the in the family or maybe there was incidents and you knew about it. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, dad gets custody and then the child commits suicide. You're like, hold on, wait a second. I knew he was abusive. You know, and how did mm-hmm. he get the kids? So, like, in my case, my ex-boss got custody of my kids, and I went to the school, and um, they had sent some information about my daughter, but her information got mixed up with another student's information. And my ex went into the school and just went ballistic. And they Mm -hmm. looked at me, and they said, we were waiting for it. So, it's like they all knew that he was abusive, and they were waiting for him to, at one point, blow. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of interesting when they had told me that, like, they knew they got it. I, mm. one time, um, probably a year after that, I was on the phone and I was talking with the superintendent and he hung up on me and pissed me off. And I went to the superintendent's office, like I drove an hour there and, mm. um, he came out, we were arguing and he says, hold on, I'll be right back. And he left, he comes back in five minutes and he says, is this a domestic violence case? And I said, yes, it is. He says, okay, hold on. He's like, have a seat. He sat down. He sat next to me. He became very calm. And we had a calm situation and, and, um, you know, a a calm conversation, Mm -hmm. which was interesting that I don't know what he did, but he came back and he just said, is this a domestic violence case? And then he completely changed his whole demeanor. Okay. Do do, do you have any suspicions as to why that is? Um, I think he must know something about domestic violence. And so, yeah, I don't know. He came in, he completely changed his whole demeanor once he knew it's a domestic violence case. And, you know, so I don't know. I just thought that was always kind of interesting that he just kind of changed everything around, became calm. And so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
You're also a domestic abuse coach. What does this job involve and what is the thing that surprised you most within this role? Well, I had already been doing advocacy for years before I actually started doing this. Mm-hmm. And I have a bachelor's degree in human services, and so I can actually uh, counsel people. So in order yeah. to counsel people, though, you have to have, like, a license. And I don't have a license, and I don't want to get a license. And part of the reason I don't want to get a license is because the family court will do things so that I lose my license and it makes me look look bad. So I try not to get a license if possible. Yeah. Um. You know, if 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 I can do it, if I can swing it, um, but I I rather not because somehow some way they tend to do something. And I've been fired from jobs, and it's been kind of like crazy things. And then when I moved out of Michigan, I quit getting fired from jobs. So I'm pretty sure, you know, it had to do with the fact that I was in Michigan and and they were talking to people or whatever. Mm. Um, I will get parents who will call me and they're like, my attorney's just going after the judge and, you know, telling the judge she can't do this or he can't do this. And I'm like, your judge is going to do a 360 on you. And they're like, well, what do you mean? So you have to remember your judge. So family court is run through the county. So your mm-hmm. county commissioners are your judges. And oh, okay. um, you have to remember that the county also oversees Department of Health and Human Services who oversees Child Protective Services. Yeah. So if you have an attorney that's a bulldog that's going after some family court judge, what will happen is CPS will show up at their house with false allegations to um, something that happened with their children or with, if they don't have children, with with a loved one's or a family member's children. And Hmm. basically that gets them to back down and shut up or they're going to take your kids. That's awful. Now, because I'm in this realm and I deal with family court, I also know about Child Protective Services um, and how they're illegally taking children in the foster care system. I've talked with parents and I kind of do some coaching with them as well. And then mm-hmm. I'm also aware there's guardian ad litems in probate court and the guardian ad litems are coming and they're just wiping out everybody's account and doing some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So I kind of refer people sometimes to other people. If I have other people, I can refer them to. Um, but you got to remember, it's all kind of the same judge. It's all kind of the same area. Yeah. Yeah, it's all kind of intertwined with each other. Yeah. So yeah. I do a lot of research. So a lot of the stuff that I talk about is research that I've researched, and then I'll put it out into the community. And it's mm-hmm. interesting because people will be like, oh, you're nuts or you're crazy or whatever. And the next thing I know, like a few months later, they're talking about what I'm saying. And I'm now I'm kind of to the point, like, I'm tired of, of researching and putting this stuff out there. You're all saying that I'm crazy. And the next thing I know, you're all talking about it. Yeah. Um, I over to Patreon and I'm like, you know, I'm tired of my haters, you know, talking bad about me and using my stuff. So now I'm going to put it over on Patreon where you have to pay for it. If my haters want to know what I'm doing, they're going to have to pay for it. And that, that, I'm watching that's a good Father's idea. <laughs> rights group. Yeah. So I'm watching Father's Rights Group now go over to Patreon. And I was like, well, isn't this just interesting? So I know which ones are watching me and following me. So I did yeah. this. Um, it's kind of interesting. I was I get these Google alerts, right? So I get this Google alert in Michigan of this mom who was jailed for overdue library fines. Okay. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, this doesn't happen, like library fines. So I punch I in the computer and I punch in, I punch in um, what uh, government entity oversees library fines, right? And it comes yeah. up with the, did, did you read about this? Because I read an article on it. Uh, no, I haven't read about it, but I definitely will. Oh, so it comes up, it's the Legislative Council that actually oversees it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, how do they have 
power to jail people, right? Mm. So I've always thought the leg- so so I always thought like the legislative council was where they take um you know people from the legislature who you know are Republicans and Democrats and they take them from the Senate that are Republican Democrats and they have like their little thing and they talk about whatever and make recommendations or whatever. So that's what I always kind of thought it was. And if you read, if I read the Michigan Constitution, they mention the Legislative Council like one time, and then it just becomes the legislature. So I thought it was kind of like two different things, or something that broke off from that that we couldn't go to. And come to find out, you can actually go to their meetings, but nobody ever goes because I don't think anybody even knows it exists and that they can go. I just thought it was something that they do, you know, mm. in Lansing, or not Lansing, in uh, in Washington D.C. Mm. So you know how when you kind of like research things or whatever, and then your computer or the website will have um, something on it that starts then popping up other things like you might want to buy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So next thing I know, I get this uh, information that pops up about China. And when the Ho China riots and stuff started in 2018, mm-hmm. it was because the their legislature, their uh, – their legislative bureau was creating laws that were um, that were unjust or wasn't they you know shouldn't have been creating. So they stormed mm-hmm. this building, and that's how all their riots started. So I'm going, oh my gosh, like this is interesting. And the next thing you know, COVID hits, and there's no riots, nobody's on the street at all, whatever. And people are supposedly dying, and I'm like, this is kind of interesting. Mm. So I've done some more um, research on the Legislative Council. I've done it uh, mostly on Michigan. And Mm -hmm. um, in my research, I've discovered that actually the Legislative Council is the one who started the family court, um, the circuit court. And it's actually illegal for them to start because a, let me see if I can remember the wording to how it's worded. A, how did they word it? So like a, so basically, it's like the legislature can't create a government body for the judicial mm-hmm. government. So there you have the judicial, the legislative, and the executive branch. So uh-huh. one can't create another entity for another one, and the legislative council actually created a circuit court. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So actually, hmm. family court is kind of illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, it should be in the criminal court where it actually probably should be. But... Anyways, um, so what's kind of interesting is that your your circuit court is actually a civil court. A civil court is a monetary court. Hmm. So you have these dads who have sexually abused their kids, and they have proof of it, and then they'll turn around and give the dad custody. And people are going, what are you, like, how does this happen? And I'm like, because it's not in criminal court. The prosecuting yeah. attorneys won't take cases from family court and prosecute them in the criminal court, usually, once in a while they will. I don't know what what they, circumstances they need. Yeah. I mean, it's been proven several times in people's cases. And then they turn around and give the dad custody. It's kind of amazing. I, was, uh, I guess that's probably the most number one shock thing I heard of yeah. when I first heard of it. Yeah, I mean, I was... I was- yeah kind of doing, doing some research on, on you and, and your work. And I, I was shocked as well. I thought, wow, how can people buy custody of their children? Um, but I know that in, in your own story, as you mentioned, your husband bought custody of your children. How did that feel? And did it kind of set off a spark to what you do now? Did it inspire you to kind of show people that this is happening? 
No. So what happened when I'm going through this? I knew something wasn't right. When the guardian mm-hmm. Adelaidum walked in and said, oh, he's a great dad. I was like, really? You think he's a great dad? Are you sure? So I knew something wasn't wasn't right, but I didn't know what. And I was really quiet. And I have a tongue. I, you know, I can talk, as obviously mm-hmm. you can tell. And so I had a female judge who very early on threatened to put me in jail. Oh, wow. So, you know, I, I was always trying to hold my tongue because I didn't want to go to jail. And then when I kind of knew something wasn't right and I started, I was talking to everybody, like anybody and everybody. I was trying to find people who had my judge. And Mm -hmm. um, I ended up deciding, I knew he was going to get custody of my kids. I read a book, um, I think it was called Divorce Poison. And I knew he was going to get custody of my kids. And I decided to go back and get my degree, my bachelor's degree in human services, because I knew I wanted to start a business to help uh, Mm -hmm. women who were going through. So um, I, just before I actually got my degree, he ended up getting custody of my kids. Now, I've talked to women who have gotten degrees, and then the ex-spouse will go and try and get them fired from their job. So I didn't tell – my kids didn't know. I don't even know if my kids still know I have a degree or not. I didn't tell my ex-spouse. I didn't tell my kids. They didn't know I was going to school. I didn't tell them nothing. So he couldn't Mm. go and try and attack me. He had tried to get me fired from a job one time. Mm. Um, (laughs) I've got so much that's going on in my brain. (laughs) To try and pick my subjects. So, um, so, you know, I, I knew stuff was going, was it, was going on. Um, I had mold in my apartment and I got really sick and I couldn't fight the guardian light anymore. So it gets custody of my kids. I get my degree. I start a website. I called it abuse one. And it was based mm-hmm. on the story of the ugly duck, duckling. And it's kind of interesting because women would say, I don't get it. Abuse one. I was like, it's based on the story of the ugly duckling. They're like, Oh, I get it. That's all I had to say. You know, yeah. they, they understood yeah. it. They got it. You know? So yeah. um, I had that going and I, I kind of went a little crazy and I started getting political stuff in there. And I thought, you know, if I was to sell something, they're going to sue me. I'll never make any money. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, I came to the real, that's when I realized custody was sold. And I came to the realization it wasn't about mom and it wasn't about dad. It was about mm. the system and how it works in the money aspect of it. Yeah. Is what it was about. Now, when you go to get a divorce, you throw out all your assets and your attorney says, I get 50% of this because his attorney is going to get 50% of that. Then they start a war to keep you into uh, spending all your money so they can make money off it. So I was a single mom. I was uh, bedridden, never really worked a lot. I had a $20,000 lawyer bill hmm. and I had to sign, I had to sign a lien on my house. So I had to, so things happened where he, my ex-house didn't pay, ended up paying child support. And so I was looking at losing my house. So I dumped it on the market as quick as fast as I could to try and save my credit. So when I called up my attorney, he's like, well, you can make this much money, pay me and still have a a couple thousand left over. And I was kind of like, you motherfucker, like you made sure my attorney bill was this high. So you can make this amount of money off of me when I sold my house. Yeah. You know, and, and I was kind of ticked off, you know, and so I spent like $20,000. Well, then I didn't, um, I didn't have any money. I was a single mom. I wanted to fight for my kids. So I started representing myself and I was shocked at how easy it was. And then I was shocked with the fact that um, I could do other things. If you have an attorney that you can't do, an attorney's actually working for the judge and for the system. And if I represent myself, I can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I started representing myself. Couldn't believe how, how easy it was. So for like 17 years, I represented myself. That's, a, that's really interesting. Yeah, so I actually started a website to help other people who are in the family court system who are pro se and want to represent themselves. Hmm. Now, I have fathers' rights that are, you know, are going, they're attacking me going, you can't teach law and you can't this and blah, 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 and she's lying and she's this and whatever. Now, I know I can't teach law. I don't have a law degree, obviously, but hmm. I'm not teaching law. I'm teaching documentation. Yeah. That's how yeah. I get around it. It's documents that you can buy that have already been written um, with the names and identifying information taken out. You buy them, you put in, you know, whoever the plaintiff is and stuff, you take out what doesn't pertain to you, you add what does pertain to you. There's other um, case information in there that you can purchase and put in your, your motions and whatever, and you can file it. So it yeah. took me two weeks to write a, um, an appeal. It literally can take people a weekend. Yeah, wow. Because it's already written for you. It's already set. It's already done. All you have to do is take out what doesn't pertain, add what does, go over it one more time, and file it. Like, really. That's, that's really interesting. <laughs> so now I'm starting to see other people pop up and kind of doing what I'm doing because they watch me, you know, so I, I, I do all this new stuff, things that people don't figure out, and then they all want to want to talk bad about me, and then they want to copy what it yeah. is I'm doing. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. But, um, you know, so my, my latest thing is I was listening. I don't know if you all know who Amazing Polly is, but she is amazing. And she, um, they kicked her off YouTube, but mm -hmm. she kind of does what I do. She does her investigation, but she puts it up on YouTube and she does a video and she walks people through it. Or she does a video and she walks people through it mm -hmm. um, is what she ends up doing. So I'm watching her and she's talking about um, torture techniques that the government is using with the whole mass thing and whatever's going on. And as she's talking, because I have this degree in human services and I understand what she's talking, I'm sitting there going, holy shit, this is what's going on in family court. This is why people are getting PTSD. I'm going, oh, my God. So now I start talking about this in December. Yeah. You know, now I've got a dad who's talking about it. And I'm like, look, nobody is talking about this but me. If you're going to talk about it, you need to say, you know, credit who it is. Yeah, who, yeah. Found, who researched and found this information out, you know, and that's what I'm saying mm -hmm. to them. And, you know, women are going, well, wait, you know. So it's kind of interesting. I had a, a, a Facebook message yesterday and this guy basically like shove your whatever up your hiney and this and that. And I'm a da, 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 you know, dad. So I message mm -hmm. him back. I tell him what's happened to me that's even worse than what's happened to him. And I'm like, go cry to somebody else. I got shit to do, right? <laughs> so he responds yeah. back to me nicer and he's calmer. Now all of a sudden it's like we've been in this together. And it's just kind of interesting how quickly his attitude had changed. Mm. But father's right hate me. Um, they want to lie or whatever. I pull them out in their lies. They get mad. They get ticked off. Last year, in 2020, in 2020, I deleted 1,400 men off my Facebook page. I, it's only like a couple men that I know that's on my Facebook page. Hmm. And then I got rid of some um, couple women as well. But, um, you know, I'm just to the point, like, I got so much that I'm doing and I'm trying to do that I don't have time for them and what they're doing. Hmm. That's what we need to So my passion was to be able to make money so I could stay home and I could work on this stuff full time, but father's rights and other people have kind of ruined it for me. So I still have to work. So I'm still working and trying to, you know, keep up on all these blogs that I'm doing. 
Um, but let's go back to the whole suicide thing. Um, so I knew that children were committing suicide from family court and there were no services. I couldn't find anybody who was talking about it. I couldn't find anybody who was helping them. So hmm. I actually, I decided I was going to do a blog, right? And I'm like, um, I don't know what to name this. And I sat down, I was trying to come up with like a name, like an acronym for suicide. And all of a sudden it just kind of like just appeared. And I said, someone loved in custody, I die every day. Hmm. And that's pretty much, you know, those are acronyms for suicide. And I was like, okay, that's what we're going to name it. And um, so, you know, I'm trying to use it to get awareness. I tried to get people to help me um, with like a hotline, but I couldn't get anybody to help me. So I'm like, well, it's just there. I'll add information when I can. Hmm. So what's interesting in Michigan is they had such a high rate of suicide that they started a task force. Now, I can't remember what year it is, but you can look up the Saunders report. I think he was from Michigan State University or Michigan, the University of Michigan. I'm not sure which one. And he had wrote about family court and what they were doing to like moms and domestic violence and stuff like that. And I'm like, you can't put two in together from his report to figure out why these kids are committing suicide. Like this doesn't even make any sense. So I wrote up um, an article about it and I need to go in and refresh it. Um, sorry about that, it was a chart no, it's okay. But I need to refresh that article and it, all the um, all the representatives who are kind of like working on it and I had their email addresses in there too so people could email them as well. And I need mm -hmm. to update that article, you know, see like, I don't know with the whole COVID how that's all gone, but it's, you know, and I'm going, I'm sure they got a grant from Title IV, and I looked, and sure enough, they got a grant from Title IV, and do you know what Title IV is? No. So Title IV is our Social Security. Mm -hmm. So all of this money that they're making, they're getting from Social Security. So really, even if you don't have kids, this is like something you should be a part of, and you should be watching and learning and understanding. So with family court, what it is, is they try and get the most amount of child support they can get because the judges get a kickback from Title IV D funding. Yeah, yeah. So for, for every dollar they collect, they get a percentage, and that money goes to their 401k is my understanding. Mm -hmm. If you have kids that are being, um, uh, they're being taken from foster, from uh, the Child Protective Services and put in the foster care system and be adopted out. It's Title B as a boy. Um, and so it used to be, I think it was like $2,600 they were getting. And then what they do is if they can say the kids are mentally disabled, they get extra money. It was like $4,600. It might have gone up. I'm not sure. Mm. But in Michigan, I was, I was working with some of these moms. And what I noticed is after six months, they will then go get the kids um, tested and they have some kind of mental disability and they'll put them on drugs. So yeah. what they tell these kids is, yeah, yeah, you're going to go home. You're going to go home. Your mom's coming to see you, blah, 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 blah. And about the six month mark is when the kids lose their shit. Like, I want to go home. I'm sick of this shit. I want, you know, I want to go home to my parents or my mom. Hmm. And then they go and get them tested and say, oh, they have ADHD or they have a re reactive attachment disorder or they've got this, put them on medication. Now they're considered disabled. They get more money for them when they adopt them out. That's so messed up. Yeah. 
So now yeah. they're trying to figure out the whole suicide issue with Michigan. So now they're going and they're taking money from Title Four D or Title Four. I'm not sure which program they're taking it from to research and do this task force. Now, like in 2000, and I want to say it was like 10. There was this task force for um, people who were indigent, so they didn't have a lot of money in the criminal system, right? So I kind of over the years have been watching this whole task force thing. And it's funny because it's been like, you know, 10 years and then they'll up the task force to something else. And then they up it and they create like a program or whatever, which I've noticed they take people who've been in like elected positions and that's kind of who they put on the board. And it's like forever and a day that they're researching. And then when they finally get like a committee or whatever that they're, you know, actually going to do something, I'm looking at it going, well, you've got this over here and this over here and this over here, and they all could be doing this one job that they're doing. Why didn't they just spread this out? So it's just another way to waste our money. And I think put politicians who are elected on a board where they're making decent money. Yeah. So I've done some research into the Michigan legislature. I'm a little confused on it. I got to do a video on that um, and kind of walk people through because I'm a little confused. But the legislature in Michigan gets eight million dollars I think it was wow and I think they only I think they only meet like once a year and I was kind of like what in the hell so <laughs> yeah. I have to do a video on that. so in Michigan um, they talked the Michiganders into allowing the lotto right because gambling wasn't allowed they, they said let's do the lotto we'll take the money we'll put it into like the kids education system it'll go into like the schools and stuff like that mm -hmm. so everybody was all for it you know the lotto whatever well, I'm going, I'm a single mom with three kids, and I spend, you know, like 30 or 40 bucks a year for my kids for school supplies, and we've got teachers who are, you know, not quite rioting, but, you know, they're low-wage page, and they're being paid low wages and stuff like that. I could never figure out why. <laughs> so yeah. I start looking at the legislative council and how they're being funded. They take money out of the education system to fund the legislative council. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, my God. So, yeah. so the thing with the legislative council is, is that in 1963, when we had, um, I always want to say civil war, when we had um, civil, like the civil riots and stuff, and so they kind of changed our constitution. Um, mm -hmm and stuff like that, that's when they actually added in the legislative council. And that's when they also added that the legislative council would get paid. Okay, so that yeah. they're funded. So it's almost like they snuck it in like nobody really knew about it, which is kind of interesting. Mm, yeah. so, they, so if you think about it, they created the family court system and then they kind of created the um the county commissioners so i went on the michigan website um for the constitution and when mm. you look up about the county commissioners it says that the federal constitution uh invalidates it. it's written in red so technically you can't even not even supposed to have a county commissioner oh so you so your legislator creates the civil court and creates the circuit court, and then they have the county commissioners. And so they're kind of controlling all this. And then your county commissioners also oversee your, um, you know, your DHS, your child protective services. Mm -hmm. They also oversee the election process. 
Yeah. Yeah. Your county. So in 2012, I ran for county commissioner and I realized it was all rigged. And then I just turned around and went about, you know, what my case was about. And I'm like, I'm not going to spend a lot of money and time doing this. So since 2012, I've been talking about the election being rigged, and then it happens this year, and I went back and pulled up information, and, you know, I'm talking about it, and they're all like, a Chinese company, you know, it's like, whatever. Well, in 2012, it was a Chinese company who actually created the source code for the machines. Mm. So, and it's not even the Chinese company they're all talking about today, which I think is interesting. <laughs> So yeah. there was um, a politician, his name was Tom Feeney. Yeah. So Tom Feeney was a lawyer for this Chinese company, and he was also a lobbyist for them. So he went to them and said, hey, can you create a source code, because it was a computer company, can you create a source code for um, the election? So there was a big thing about whether he had, you know, the election was rigged or whatever. So the reason why I was kind of investigating him was because the judge back in Michigan that my friend has that I thought was on the Supreme Court, last name is Feeney. So mm. I was trying, I'm trying to see if I can figure out if she's related to this Tom Feeney in Florida, who was a U.S. representative, um, but I can't figure out if there's a relation to them. But I mean, she could have got the source code and sold it to the county or they could have sold it to the county or whatever. So it's kind of interesting when you start reading this stuff, how, you know, things tie in and people tie in. And, and this is kind of like the stuff that I know because I've researched it for so long. I know so much stuff about this person and that person. And, um, and then I can kind of tie some of the stuff in like, oh, you know, this has got the last name and this one. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. My last question, really, is that I read that you are not a supporter of the Violence Against Women Act. Why not? All right. So the Violence Against Women's Act is kind of interesting because it's um, Debbie Stabenow has something to do with that. And she's from Michigan. Mm -hmm. And so we actually she's our representative. We went to uh, Washington to actually see her and to talk with her about our cases and stuff. And she wouldn't talk to us. She completely ignored us. Um, you know, and then we started watching uh, her, and she's actually more for helping out fathers' rights and getting oh, really? them funded. Oh. So there is, yeah, so there's a father, I think it's called Fatherhood Initiative, like grant money. There's mm. no Motherhood Initiative grant money. And they they'll work with fathers, yeah, they'll work with fathers to get custody and whatever, but they're not doing anything for, or for visitations. They're not doing anything for moms. There's nothing for moms, even though they're taking all the kids away and giving them to the dads. Now in 2008, I want to say, there was um, some research done and they, at that point, they said over 5 million mothers didn't have custody of their kids. That was 2008. So I can just imagine how many women don't have custody of their kids now. Hmm. So yeah, so it's kind of interesting. So now what I'm talking about is I'm talking about um, how the family court is actually torturing, um, you know, parents, and I'm especially gearing it towards mothers because, you know, they're allowing these men who are abusive. My ex had a personal protection order. I mean, you know, we were doing supervised or we were doing uh, visits, and I had to change him to the police department because he'd never show up. He'd say that I wouldn't show up. 
Um, he'd show up and do things with the kids. He'd get violent. He'd threaten to beat my car, blow up my car, beat my ass, whatever. I put the kids in and leave. Um, then we had to start going to the police department. So I would show up. I would go in and get a statement that I was there, that he didn't show up, had to wait a half hour, that I've got angry kids for the weekend. Then I have to file this paperwork, and then we'd go into court. Yeah. So going from this judge, he hasn't gotten his kids in five times, but he wants to go in court and cry and say, she won't let me have my kids. But he hasn't showed up five times for visitations to get them. So it's supposed to be a $500 fine. He reserves the right to fine him and sends him to this counselor. So I go to this counselor. He doesn't take insurance. I have to pay 100 bucks. I go one time. He never goes. We go back to court because there's three more violations. And the judge completely ignores the first five, finds him $75 for the new three new ones, and that was it. And my head's sitting here spinning like, you got to be kidding me. Like, oh he could God. kill me, and they, could, they wouldn't even care. Like, they yeah. really don't. Then he gets custody, and then they send me for supervised visitations, and I didn't even know they had a supervised visit program. And I'm going, this man has threatened me. We had to go to the police department, and you send me for supervised visitations? Like, are, are, like what the hell? You know, you got to know shit's going, going crazy, and you think that yeah. you're losing your mind. But one of the things that they're allowing is they're allowing fathers to torture the mothers because they're trying to wear them down. Yeah. And then they do stuff like, you know, the judge doesn't find him and whatever because they're wearing the mother down because eventually if the dad has money, they're going to sell him custody. Yeah. So now what I'm trying to tell parents is I, I do the red flags, red flags of custody being sold. So what happens when you go into court and you can't do anything right? It doesn't matter what you do. You can do nothing right. Already mm. plan that they have sold him custody. And what they're trying to do is make it look like you're a bad, horrible mom and you deserve to lose custody of your kids because yeah, they're make, keeping the focus on them. Make, make it look like you're the problem. Yeah, like you're the problem. You don't deserve your kids. But actually, they're trying to keep, you know, so if anybody went and pulled my file, it's got all this information that you're like, yeah, she's a bad mom. She doesn't deserve her kids. But what you don't realize is they have set that up because mm. they're selling custody to them. Now, what's interesting with custody a lot of times is, say, like, the mom doesn't have any money, but the dad does, so they'll sell him custody. Then what they do is they look at the parents to see if the, the grandparents have custody. And mm. if the grandparents will give them money. So say, like, I have no money, but my ex-spouse mm -hmm. does. So they sell him custody. But if my parents had money, then my parents would be giving me money to try and help me get my kids back because we know he's abusive and we don't want our kids in that abusive situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now the thing with uh, these kids that are concealed from their mom, which is the protective parent, they're living with an abusive parent, they have two choices. They can either commit suicide or basically they take on the Stockholm syndrome and they become um, kind of like for the abuser. Yeah. So I've had to counsel moms who are like, you know, my son told me he hated me and, you know, spit at me or whatever. And I have to tell them, look, your son's life isn't going to be miserable for the next week, especially if they did it in front of dad. He's going to be rewarded for such behavior. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, his life is miserable. If he does that in front of dad, then, you know, for the next week, his life isn't going to be miserable and probably be rewarded. But then after that, it's probably going to go back to being miserable in the way it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of interesting, um, you know, and when you think about it, like, 
parents and children are getting PTSD from the system, and when you start thinking about how they're using these torture techniques, it kind of makes it makes sense. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they're letting these dads who are abusive continue to torture moms because they're trying to wear her down so they can take her kids. You know, and at the point I was, I was so worn down. Plus, I was sick because there was mold in the apartment I was living in. I just couldn't fight the garden man litem anymore, and I kind of gave up because I, I kind of like, I got to get better. Like, we didn't know why I was getting sick, and the doctors are like, "Look, I only have two more antibiotics to treat you with," and then I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. Um. And then I actually ended up discovering the mold, but um. So yeah, so I just kind of started um, creating websites and ways that I can help other parents and things like that and put out my research and um, I kind of keep doing that. It's kind of what I yeah, do. Yeah, that's, that's all really interesting. Um, so I think I'm going to end it there. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me on your podcast. No problem. It was a joy. You have a great day. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much to Deanna for taking the time to tell her story. I really appreciate it. Hopefully you guys have been educated and know more about her. Visit Deanna's blog at deannaclustradivorcecoach.blogspot.com. I'll also, that's a long address, I'll put that in the episode description for you to find out more about her and her services. If you want to keep up with the show on social media, follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Mixcloud at mixcloud.com slash amytalkspodcast or search Amy Talks on any podcast platform. If you wish to leave a message for me to answer in the next episode, which is something new and very exciting, please do so at the link provided in the description. Until next time, bye!